0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft. I'm joined again on Championship Week by Ben Standig from The Athletic. And we are, of course, coming to you in the aftermath of Georgetown's first round loss in the NCAA tournament to Colorado, 96 to 73 in a game where the Hoyas defense just did not show up. The Hoyas weren't really in the game. I'd say, for the last 30 minutes or so. Ben, help me get through this.
1: <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's there's there'll be time and place for a bigger picture talk uh, for, for, for this game in particular. I mean, yeah. you know, for what Georgetown, you know, why, why did they thrive in the Big East tournament, right? They talked a little bit about this in the pregame and as the game started, that their defense was substantially better uh, than it had been for most of the season, and that was absolutely true. Not true in this case. Boy, I mean, it was really bad. And Colorado, you know, shot uh, – what were they? I think finished like 16 or 25 from three, just the, the latest team in the NCAA tournament, to to crush Georgetown from distance. Um, but they were getting so many open shots. Georgetown looked so discombobulated um, out there. I made a joke on Twitter that Georgetown's defense looked like tourists uh, trying to navigate the DuPont circle. Uh, it is really – they just looked so – off and that wasn't the version we saw in the big east when they were really you know focused and all that and you know sometimes maybe that's just the big the bigger stage sometimes that's maybe the opponent sometimes like you know you know it's one thing to play the big east against the teams you know versus the teams you don't like this and i don't know i don't know if it was a game plan thing or whatever it was but they just it was it was really rough and then on top of it like you know blair and pickett never got even close to get going offensively and you know it's pretty tough uh, to have your your two top guys not even you know, really become scoring threats at all.
0: No, you're right. One of the things I always like to do, and I've gotten in the habit of this from Georgetown in the last 20 years, is to go right to the assists. And Georgetown, 12 assists on 23 makes. That's okay. That's fine. But, man, Colorado, they made 34 shots. They assisted on 27 of them. Like <clears throat> You mentioned 16 for 25 from three is just a ridiculous number. And – in my preview, I was a little bit off in that I felt as if Georgetown, two of the things that they had been doing well in New York, aside from the defense, like you mentioned, which was really good, they had held Creighton and Marquette to you know season lows in the Big East and Georgetown lows under Ewing, uh, 48 and 49 points respectively. But you know, if Georgetown could keep the turnovers under 15, I thought they'd be in a good spot. If Georgetown could shoot more free throws than three-pointers, because that's one of the things they really changed – post pause when they were 10 and four now 10 and five after today's 96 73 loss and i just i just didn't factor in the defense not traveling at all you know we've seen a lot of times in the big east tournament or any conference tournament a team gets hot and you know it's almost like they need to keep playing in order to go and you can't really predict that it's hard to predict you know sometimes the team gets hot and they win a national championship like connecticut did uh, it helps when you have nba players obviously and Georgetown i don't think on this roster does but that was probably what was surprising to me the most was that their defense just just completely failed them. As good as that Big East Tournament run was, right before the Big East Tournament, also a game, I want to say it was also on CBS. Let me check. It was. It was at UConn, and they lost by pretty much the same score. They lost 98 to 82, okay? And, you know, in halftime of that game against Connecticut, they were down 51 to 24, so it was pretty much over at the half. Today, they were losing 47 to 23. And this is the one thing I want to get into uh, you know, in this game before we move on sort of a little bit is in basketball, we talk all the time then about different things you can do. You can have like, you know, here's your roster, figure out a way to win with them. And I was a little surprised at halftime that Ewing didn't just say, you know what, let's just scrap this whole you know center thing and we're we, we have to come back. We have to shoot threes. We have to play small and switch better. And they didn't do that. I basically felt like, He was running the option and he continued to run the option while they were losing big. And it felt like it was time to air it out. Do you kind of understand what I'm saying?
1: I do, Mr. College football. I do understand those (laughs) references. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I know like it was discussed at halftime and whatever, just the idea of Georgetown's got to go, you know, not just to to match uh, Colorado going smaller that they needed to go smaller, but like it just sort of makes logical sense. I think you have to, you know, Wahab has obviously turned into one of Georgetown's better players. He had a good statistical game offensively, but defensively, it's not even so much that, like he struggles chasing guys out to the line. It's just like his from his instincts. Like you could just see times where he would be outside and he would f- track the ball inside, thus leaving his guy open uh, when they swung the ball back around. And like you've got to figure out ways to protect your guy you know, in that spot, if you want to keep him on the court and you see what this other team is doing, what's your counter move? And that was the question I had kind of going into this game was, all right, this is Patrick Ewing's biggest game, essentially. I mean, the Big East title championship game is is a big game. Well, you know what,
0: Ben, that's just kind of the way March is, right? It's like every game last week was the biggest game he'd have. And then even though they they won the Big East title, like this was like the biggest game again.
1: For for sure. I guess what I was going to say is the difference is that, you know, all the conference, like, you know, this is why – uh, boy, this is a really wrong moment to bring this up, but this is why I always argue that the biggest upset in college basketball was not the Villanova beating Georgetown. it was in which State which ben,
0: ben by the way, I mean you know, talk about kicking georgetown <laughs> fans while while they're down? I mean, I understand that Steve Lapis was on the staff, but I'm just oh, like yeah, could that you, was
1: terrible. Could you guys just relax for a little bit in the in the uh production car? Oh, right right, I guess they had that queued up ready to go. They weren't anticipating a blowout and it made it only feel even worse. But, but anyway, but yeah, I'm just saying like any conference game, like the, the level of familiarity allows for, you know, more natural gameplay because you kind of already know each other so well. But here you don't. It's a new thing. You, even if you scout them to a degree, you know, you don't certain of all tendencies and so on. So how do you deal with that? And that was a question I had going into it. And, you know, on the surface, kind of like what you're saying, it doesn't look like they responded well, not just even at halftime, but just earlier in the game. Um, once Colorado started going smaller and they're, and the you know their their guys are hitting threes all over the place, yeah. I mean it was uh it, it was tough. I'll, I'll I'll ask you this, since uh, <clears throat> you've you've experienced all these uh, bad losses, many of them in person. Yeah. Uh, I mean I I have as well, but you've traveled to, to a lot of these games. Um, and <clears throat> we were talking slightly about this before we we started, and that is, it's one thing to lose, you know, but it's nothing to get blown out and like. The, the twenty three point score almost doesn't even feel representative of how 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 much Georgetown was getting beat up by uh, by Colorado. Yeah. Um, did, do you feel? did you wish at any level that they had lost earlier, uh, meaning not even gotten to the tournament like 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 you know played played Seton Hall to the buzzer somehow lose or maybe even like lose to Creighton um, in the final, but like sort of late because like oh plucky try hard and not have to endure this. Or do you take sort of the approach I'm going to go with, which is more of like, you know, what nobody predicted this game would ever have happened, so it is to some degree house money. Yeah, it got blown out, but whatever. Like, I'm, but I'm not like the, I'm not in the fan camp anymore. So, what would you, uh, what were you on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, as far as being in that camp, I really felt the most I've probably been just straight covering the team and you know doing doing a job, doing a podcast, trying to make sure everyone has all the information they want. Uh, until that Big East tournament started and the games had a little bit of juice. And I don't say that in a betting way. I just mean like this matters, you know? And I will say that it's such an unusual season because if you take away one of those wins in New York, then you don't get the Big East tournament, which is a big deal. They hadn't won one since 2007. So it's really hard to give that up. And on the other hand, as a Georgetown follower – you know, everyone listen to this podcast, it, it's tough to see your team, and it's a completely different. You know, all the players are different, the coaches are different. Kirby, I think, was an assistant. And I don't think I know he was an assistant before, but I can't remember what years. I think he was probably there for the Gulf Coast game. But man, it's just it's tough when Georgetown was the only game on for about the first most of the first half. And everyone's just like, oh, yeah, I remember this. We've seen this before from Georgetown. And it's like, can't you just lose, you know, just sort of a nondescript loss, an eight-point loss, then, oh, you know, it was a great season. Yeah, it's hard to give up what happened last week because Georgetown hadn't won a Big East tournament game in so long. And I've gotten, I've grown tired of saying, you know, oh, they haven't won a Big East tournament game since X. They haven't won a Big East title since X. So those are all gone away. 2021 is the new the new X, which is the most recent version, but it it, it is almost like, and maybe it's just in the moment still, but to be college basketballs, I don't even know what you want to say, but just that big program that's really struggled in the spotlight. There's no nicer way to say it. There's been a bunch of these now and a lot there's, you can't really even connect anything other than the name, you know? So, it's we're still in the aftermath of the loss and how it went down, but it'd be really hard to give up that Big East tournament because what they did last week just completely re-energized everyone. It got everybody going. You know, Georgetown was the it story, of the it program for a week, which hopefully for them will bear some fruit. So yeah, I don't know. If you got me a little bit earlier, I know we were talking about it. I might go the other way and say it'd be nicer to lose just in quiet and look back and say the progress was made. A lot of progress was made, but... It is tough to be in that two-hour window of just getting blown out.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, yeah, not, 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 fun. And like, it was over pretty quick. I mean, like there was that stretch in the first half where they where Colorado hit like I don't know, like back to back threes. You could see the def- defensive, uh, just I don't know, miscommunication, awkwardness, whatever it was. They were off, and then there was that point when, uh, when. He, uh, eagle fa gets the uh gets fouled they, they, they call it a flagrant uh one right yeah uh and so he gets you know we can debate whether it's even more but he gets the free just two free throws and then they get the ball they're down i want to say 10 or 11 or 9 something like that he misses the two free throws they get the ball he immediately gets called for an offensive foul yeah. and instead of possibly scoring you know four or five straight points and you know, based on how the game went, I'm not going to say they they would have come back to win. But if you had that, to pick a,
0: if you had to pick a moment, that's the moment, right? It has to be that moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a moment where they had an opportunity where it was, you know, Colorado was the one that made a bad, mad, bad decision. There was some a chance there to have some momentum swing, even for a minute. They didn't take advantage of it, and it just kind of took off from there.
0: Yeah, it did, and uh, I should say that the lead got up to as much as 32 and it was most of the second half i know i tweeted out the whole i think the live in-game betting i just wanted to see what it was because it's like uh, i don't even know what it would be you know and i think it was in the 20 to 22 point range depending on like what time you looked and i i thought one of the i, I thought georgetown would definitely come back um i wasn't making it i wasn't advising people to take that you know but it, we just hadn't really seen I, well that's not true we saw it at, we saw it at Connecticut, but even in that game, I felt like they got to like the 15 range and they, this game never really sniffed competitiveness in the second half. And like I said, I was a little bit surprised that it wasn't just like, look, we got 20 minutes in the season. We're going to do something different. Maybe we'll lose by 50, but what we're doing is how we're going to lose by 25. And that that was kind of what I was a little bit, little, little bit surprised about.
1: But, but, so after the way, game. And, and just, to, just to, just to that point, i mean, obviously, you know, it's always hard to know where the chicken and the egg aspect of his players aren't playing well, is that the players, that the coach, whatever. But like, you know, you know, Jamarco Pickett had some, had some assists, some good passes, but just, you know, he just kind of floated in and out of the game, really was not a factor at all. Uh, And and Javon Blair just could not get, they could not get him free. And, um, you know, I mean, part of the Georgetown issue from day one of the season was do they have a guy who could just go get his points and Blair can obviously make a bunch of shots, but like, you kind of dependent to a degree. He's not really a much the off the dribble kind of guy. Um, and, and it felt like today was a day where like, man, they just did not have, uh, the, 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 you know, Colorado did a good job. I thought that problem the perimeter of taking away the things that Georgetown can do. They were willing to give Wahab stuff inside. Um, Cause you know, Wahab is typically not going to get the ball and then kick it out to get somebody else a shot. So it's just sort of two points, but they're, an empty two points, if that kind of makes sense. There's nothing really kind of flowing from it. Uh, Yeah. I,
0: I, I definitely tweeted at one point, you know, I know I was kept tweeting, like go small, go small, go small. I don't have the illusion that I know as much about basketball as Patrick Ewing, or that he's reading my tweets during the game. I'm just sort of thinking out loud with the rest of the universe, you know, on Twitter, but it just seemed like there was a lot of hero ball. Okay. And outside of a Wahab move down low, they weren't really getting anything like, you know, Colorado was playing some pretty good offense, obviously, when you have 27 assists on 34 baskets. But it was just, you know, we were seeing guys do things differently. Like, you know, there's a bunch of turnovers early Pickett was trying to go off the dribble. That's just not his suit. Um, Harris was kind of hunting for his shots. He's not really that kind of player. So it was a completely different team from from last week, although it, it was a version of Georgetown, you know, unfortunately, we have seen before and you hope when you have a bad night, which everybody does, that you hope that there's something you can hold on to. And when they were having a bad night offensively, the defense was not there to bail them out.
1: For sure. So uh, I know we need to go here in a couple of minutes, but like, so you, the press conference happens after the game. Yeah. Um, you said that Donald Carey talked and said, said something about his potential future. Um, obviously there's a lot of weeks to go here, <laughs> you know, in the off season. And I'm sure you'll talk about, who comes back and, and what does the roster look like and all that kind of stuff. But like, what, what, like right now, like what's your guess between the, all the guys who are, who potentially played their last game today, what's your, what's your like best guess, gut, whatever, of, of if, who if, or if any of them come back.
0: You know, Ewing was asked a lot of questions about the game and, you know, it was even weird because a lot of guys were on there I'd never heard of before and asking him like questions about how did they recover from the pause. So I was just completely laser focused on, and I had been for a while getting a quote from him, which I knew would be what I got, which is, you know, the players have another year. The seniors can still play. Have you spoken with them? Do you plan on it? He said he had, he, he's not thinking about it. They just lost. He's got to need a couple of days. The answer I thought, okay. But then Kerry got up and I asked him about what was it like coming home? And, you know, he's an area kid and, you know, helping Georgetown make progress getting a big East title, which is obviously a very big deal. And he said, Oh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to come here to win and I want to do it again next year. So, we don't know what that really means. The guys say things like, as you know, all the time in the moment, the heat of the moment, which could, you know, they haven't thought about it themselves either. But my guess is of the four seniors that are on the team now, I'm not going to count Jalen Harris. He's been dealing with a family issue since December. So we're looking at Jamarco Pickett, Javon Blair, Chudier Bile, and Don Carey. My guess is that Carey stays. I believe what he said is to be true. I think you might see Bile stay. I think I think we've seen the end of Javon Blair and Jamarco Pickett. They had really good careers, 1,000-point scores. They got a Big East Tournament championship, which not many players after the 80s, honestly. George Shum's only got two since 89, so that's a pretty big deal. So that's that's my guess. That Carey, for sure, maybe Belay. Got it. You? Do you have any feel for any of these guys? And like you said, we will definitely, going forward, we'll probably spend episodes breaking down like which guy would help them the best and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't really have any feel. I mean, I, I would just, you know, whatever anybody says at the end of uh, immediately after a, a tough loss, good, bad, whatever you want to say, I disqualify. I discount any of it. Uh, I've heard too many people say things, what's going to happen in the future. And then they, you know, I'm going to retire. I'm going to come back, whatever it is. And then they, they change their mind when they get out of the emotions. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, as we've discussed before, the, 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 how the Blair thing ended, I don't know if he would have come back regardless but sort of how that ended him coming off the bench and Ewing still isn't talking about it. I, it may just be a simple coaching choice, but whatever it was, it was, um, it was sort of odd. So, you know, uh, it's tricky. We're still in this weird world where, you know, things like are, things are getting back to normal. Or uh, Let me rephrase that. The, the idea of the world getting back to normal is at least pulling up on the horizon a little bit. I don't know how far away it is, but at least it's sort of out there. And maybe, you know, if you're a younger guy, you're like, hey, I want to go out. And if I'm going to play professional basketball with them for a few years, start doing that. But You know, I don't want to wait. But or maybe it's like, well, the world is still not going to be completely open. I don't want to go to another country, which is the most likely path for those guys. Um, if they want to keep playing, uh, you know, in this world, I don't know. So I would imagine we're, that's probably the end of uh, Blair Pickett at a minimum. But yeah, uh, yeah. You know.
0: I think that's pretty fair. I think I asked you this the other day. But because it's college basketball and because it's March, you know, it's worth asking again, how do you view the season now that this is included? You know, there was kind of like, how did the season go before the Big East tournament? Which I would say that was still a positive. After the Big East tournament, you're talking like A++. Am I looking too much at the way the game went to kind of like take a step back a little bit and sort of say, ah, you know, we'll see how things go? Or do you think it's still just... Did, I guess, did today's game sort of change how you view the season?
1: Not really. I mean, look, the, the Big East, I think 10 years from now, when people think back on this season, the Big East tournament will be the thing that they remember the most. I mean, uh, because that was, you know, look, it has been a long time since it was much positive to, to say. I mean, forget that they made the NCAA tournament. That Big East tournament run was the most positive thing that has happened here since, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know when. I think um, it's.
0: I, I think since the run Otto had before the tournament, when they won like eleven straight,
1: yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it's really a long time, so you know, won't discount that. And obviously, the the game itself was was, was a disaster, but you know, the the days leading into it, you know, people were hopeful and had and, and were were positive about the program. And you know, I mean, to that point, I, like like with most things in life you know, there's positive things and they can go over the top and we won't talk bigger picture, but you know, there were some articles like the idea of Patrick Ewing is, you know, has, has figured things out at Georgetown. And I might quibble with with that because I'm not just, just taking four days in New York as meaning that things were turned around. But at the same time for this season in particular, they were picked to finish at the bottom. Um, and they obviously did a lot better even beyond the tournament. Um, you know, they, they played well down the stretch and um you know, I don't necessarily know how this translates moving forward because a lot, as you've discussed, a lot of these guys are leaving. There is this great class or this really interesting class coming in, and you have Dante Harris and Wahab, who, who you know look like they're legitimate players. So that's uh, all that is positive. Um, so yeah, to me, this doesn't really change much uh, because I think the, the the Big East tournament was just fun. But I'm also simultaneously not saying that they all of a sudden now solve all their problems and it's nothing but top 25 in nca tournaments going forward i definitely would not say that
0: yeah i guess i'll say since this is the last time we're going to speak where it's actually the season the next podcast will be what i consider the off season and i think we're doing a good job today we're going a little bit over but for us normally we talk for two hours sometimes if uh, we're not paying attention i will say coming into the season i wanted them to be considered a good season not finish last check win a game in the biggies tournament clearly that's check 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 trophy okay and see some something on defense that makes me think that you know Ewing and his staff have figured out a way to coach college defense because I love Ken Palm and you look at Ken Palm and we're talking just atrocious defensive numbers for the program in the first three years of Patrick and I know it's hard to say it after what we just saw against Colorado but there was significant improvements on defense so if you want if you want glass half full Bobby that's what I'm gonna give you right there. My big concern for next season, and I know that you're interested in this and so as everyone is for someone like myself that was questioning all game, why aren't they going smaller you're looking right now and everything changes and we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow but right now you're looking at a roster that's gonna have four centers on it next season and I don't think any of them are stretch fours or stretch fives or you know fives that can shoot threes so that's my biggest Let's see how this works. So I think they checked all the boxes for me. They went above and beyond. They made the tournament. I'm interested in the roster going forward and how um, Georgetown, particularly under one of the best centers of all time, plays in a non-center time of basketball. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really where the big man is the guy.
1: Yeah, I think that's... uh, I mean, I think all that's fair. And, uh, you know, I mean... I, I guess I would just say, you know, this again, we'll talk more, but just it's year five going into next year. And we'll, while the big this Big East thing was fun, there is a difference between having three or four days. It's like because we put so much weight on the postseason, it minimizes the part of the season we spend the most time on. And ultimately, it's that part of the season. Like, you can't get to the postseason without success in the regular season. And you yeah. can't just – can next year they make the put, make the NCAA tournament regardless of winning the Big East tournament? Can they have a real season, whatever their record is, 20 and 12, whatever, you know, 18 and 14, whatever the thing can be with a rep, you know, good enough uh, strength of schedule and all those things, and be consistent over the course of the year to feel like you can be good. And, you know, 18 and 14 is really not a great record, but I'm just saying, like, that's at least different than where they've been the last three or four years where it's constantly a losing record and they're not even like in that bubble discussion for real. So can they at the a minimum be get there if not, do better than that like that to me would be progress I, I you know I don't know as I always say until I see the freshman play for myself I'm not going to base anything it looks like it's a good class and uh you know I mean
0: and that's a that's a good point Ben I, I I will consider the summer a success if we can meet up and go to Kenner League
1: oh my god like that would be uh <laughs> I, I it, I'll, I'll tell you what I don't I if we go to Kenner League I will eat a Kenner dog Woo. I I I may, I I I mean you have no idea how much of a uh, how much of a, a a a how how much of a concession that is to me that I'm willing to eat that from the concession stand, but I'm willing if if we can get there.
0: Well, I know exactly where they sell them, and I will definitely get some as well. I can't wait for everything to move to a more normal time. I know that myself personally, not being at the NCA tournament, it just did not work out. And even though the result was the way it was, making the NCAA tournament, not that I made it, but you know what I mean? Physically going there is obviously such a great thing. We've been to a lot of them. It's really fun. And it's good to be back for Georgetown. And we'll see if they can make it a more consistent thing. If you're a Georgetown fan, do you shake off this loss? You had a good season. And we'll see where it goes from there. And we had a good season, Ben. I want to thank you for helping me so much during championship week. I think this was... At least your third or fourth appearance, which is pretty big. I Wanna thank everyone. I know Marcus was on a lot. I had some players on. So it's been fun at Kente Corner as we've gotten better here. Um we started from the bottom as well. We are not at the top, but we're trying to make it there. Ben, you want to tell everyone where they can find all your stuff?
1: Uh, written work at the Athletic. I have a podcast, standing room only, mostly uh watching the football team, but I'm getting to some other stuff and we'll get Bobby on at some point to uh talk uh randomness uh, maybe we'll just talk about the office for uh for a half an hour and we break down jim halpert's game uh, his i'm in game.
0: i'm yeah. in i'm in so i want to thank everyone listening to kente corner if you're listening that's great most of you i based on what i'm seeing are going through apple we got some spotify people as well please subscribe please rate you can tweet me my dms are open let me know what's going well let me know what you want us to focus on and for the last time in the 20 21 season that georgetown was a big east tournament champion we are signing off from kente corner ben thank you so much anytime man peace